Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Keep it on. into yet another year we are the unkillable cockroach in your podcast feed so i'll well, check your cholesterol uh, um <laughs> we've we've survived uh a second half of last year that was uh fairly hellish for recording schedules and uh, we certainly appreciate you all being uh pretty flexible with us on that whole weekly thing <laughs> for a couple months um but yeah we're, we're we're back um kevin is unable to hang with us today because he is under the weather you will probably hear me uh nearly hack up along at least once on this episode uh just because that's you know kind of what the holidays do um you know but uh you know it's nice to get back together and kind of reset and share stories and and max you were telling us uh before we we hit the the glowing red button uh about some really delightful experiences that you had uh, in the course of your very extended holiday travel season. A true sojourn. <laughs> ah, very extended. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was away from home for two and a half-ish months. Um, driving cross-country a couple times, uh, spending some time in airplanes and spending some time um, in other countries. Um, but at least within the U.S., trying to make some of our cross country drives and new places more interesting by trying um local delicacies basically i always try to go out of my way you know it's it, driving cross country is already somewhat of a slog and i i do my best not to just eat the the mcdonald's on the highway or anything like that but to go out of my way to try some local place whether that's in west texas in la mesa we went to some hole in the wall barbecue joint um, or in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, when you go to Dreamland Barbecue, there's a theme there, which is that I love barbecue. <laughs> yes, Max, you are the the person who famously loves barbecue so much that you have ordered a brisket sandwich, I believe, with cheese, if I remember correctly. At the was that at SeaTac? Yeah, that restaurant has since closed. <laughs> Oh really? Why do you uh, gotta call out the cheese though? I don't. Is that a problem? There. there yes. I mean, I don't. I don't want to get into this, but I want to get all... into it. Yes, that's well, a okay. problem. So, so there. I don't know what they. Uh, uh, this. Uh, I can't really explain it, but I want you all to imagine, you know, like uh, a fried chicken sandwich, and then someone puts a slice of cheese on it. 
when I think of that, when I see it, it feels really weird, as does cheese on a brisket sandwich. And I can't really explain why. If you told me it was a local delicacy, maybe I'd change my mind. But like in a vacuum, generic scenario, cheese on a barbecue sandwich or a fried chicken sandwich, maybe it's maybe there's too much unctuousness. Maybe it's too far, but it is not appealing to me. And and I'm sure I'm missing an example of when it makes sense, but I would close that restaurant is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I won't elaborate on what I did with the multiple pounds of leftover Franklin brisket. Um, but I think you're wrong. <laughs> no, no. Now, now I want to know. Oh, um, man. Should, should barbecue I, I be took cheesed? some of it. No, I, I, we had some fresh. So the Franklin brisket is, is, we'll get into it, but it doesn't need anything. It doesn't need really sauce. And we had some fresh baked bread from uh, my wife's cousin and sliced up some bread, put a couple slices of brisket on. The sandwich was made for me and a couple pieces of cheddar cheese. Not a ton, but a little. And that was it. That was the only thing on the sandwich. And I certainly don't think the cheddar cheese took away from that sandwich. I, I, I do think you're you're sort of inadvertently tiptoeing up to something that I think matters. I, I think what Pierce and I are talking about is a barbecue sandwich as served to you at a barbecue restaurant. That's a different thing. Like I, I, I have I've put oh, I've put yeah. cheese on yeah, some sort of sandwiches that you maybe wouldn't traditionally associate with cheese before when making them at home. Home is everything is just you're in an experimental lab. Every convention goes uh, okay. out the window. What what is it? Is it yeah, uh, is it is it uh, and I'm, I'm like, well, what comes to mind is is Lawrence v. Kansas, I believe, which is which is basically like the nanny state needs to stay out of my bedroom. Um, and Griswold what you v. Do, Connecticut. Uh, well, that's that's another one. Uh, oh, Lawrence many, is Lawrence is Texas. Uh, is it well, Lawrence anyways, v. Texas? So th- this is one of the cases to do with with people having consensual uh, homosexual relationships in their homes. Um, and they said, no, you can't go in there, police, basically. Um, what you do in your own home with the stuff you buy sounds cool. When someone is serving it to me, or, or it's an on offer, uh, I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure that I'm down for that. Oh, wait, so what you're saying is yeah, that Ch- Clarence, Thomas no wants to, Clarence Thomas wants to make it illegal for you to put cheese on your barbecue sandwiches. <laughs> um... Uh, or or, at, or at least wants your state to be able to make it illegal. <laughs> I, I what well, I'm saying is what Max did is fine. If if the if the commercial <laughs> body was trying to sell it to me, I'd be like, yeah, you need to close. That's against the this? social mores of this fine state <laughs> and locality. <laughs> Chick Fil A has no business offering a chicken sandwich with cheese on it, Correct. and yet they have that on their menu. For whoever wants to. Yes, and anyone who orders them immediately becomes a person of whom I am deeply skeptical. Yeah. Though they now have that new one with the pimento cheese, and I have ordered that. It's weird. I thought maybe it would be okay, because it was... I don't know. Uh, Anyway. Actually, Max also had... Max did have a pimento cheese sandwich situation with me that was very... uh, 
I guess what we're really getting at, Max, is is you did have a a food awakening in in some ways. I mean, you were you were kind of looking for it. But I know one place we talked about, and we've all been. Some have been together. Me by myself um, is Dreamland Barbecue. Uh, I've been to a location in the Atlanta area. Um, you two have been to one, and I think Mobile maybe. Uh, and then Max and I have both. Maybe we've all been separately to the Tuscaloosa location, which yes. is the original location. Yeah. I said awakening, but it's curious, Max, that you had such a strong experience at Dreamland because you had been there before, and yet you almost had kind of a, a reawakening, it sounds With like. With me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you two had been together, and Max, you were telling us before that you went again, and you were like, wow, this this exceeded my expectations, and that type of, like, reawakening i find fascinating it, it was pretty cool i went i went once with sean when i was 20 years old uh and i had some ribs and banana pudding and i remember those ribs altering my state of state of mind going forward uh up until that point i thought ribs were solid but i didn't love them as food mm-hmm. um and I had these ribs at Dreamland and was like, oh, th- that's the problem. I've been eating pork ribs. I-, I should be eating beef ribs. These are incredible. I learned, what, seven years later from Sean that Dreamland is serving pork ribs. Yeah. <laughs> no, you learned however long later. It can't have been seven years. There's I feel no like it way. Was recently. There's no way it took that long for you to mention that you thought it they were beef ribs because we, uh, as soon as you mentioned that to me I would have disabused you of that notion. You it, it was at least 5 years. Really? It's, it's it's been yeah. it, it's been somewhat recently cuz I was part of the conversation uh and yeah. remember it happening recently but and, yeah. And so anyway, so these Dreamland ribs from from when I was 20, you know, 11 years ago with Sean were just so fantastic and that's not to even get into the vibe of the place as a whole but it's just that these ribs are so good and they've got the sauce that's kind of like a unique slightly more vinegary uh almost traditional kansas city sauce it's not as sweet um it's a lot thinner uh anyway the dreamland ribs just changed my mind changed my life and so you know i wanted to go to the original in tuscaloosa and i thought you know i have i'd like to say that i had exceedingly high expectations and it exceeded them. I mean, they were better than I remember. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> and I got, you know, I got a side of baked beans. Um, Bridget got a pulled pork sandwich and some mac and cheese. Those were all fine. The pulled pork was a little dry. I got the banana pudding. It's simple. It's delicious. But these ribs, I mean, they're just, they're so good. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think there is... So uh, ZZQ, where you went with all of us in Richmond, I think it's a bit of an outlier, but I certainly appreciate it for being an outlier. But you went to Franklin, you went to the original location of, of Dreamland in Tuscaloosa. There is a purity of those experiences too. So listening to your reaction and and understanding that they were really stars as like the peak of that local delicate delicacy almost. Um, I think that that's really cool. And you, you mentioned also you're traveling around and you're trying to get something special for each area. And if it's driven by barbecue, if it's driven by local art, 
driven by local radio stations. I don't know. But like to go and be like, I want the purest form of of what they've got. You know, they're dope. I give me that. Yeah. And and that is why ZZQ stands out as being different, is that they're doing a, a Texas thing in Virginia. Now I think yes. they're doing it very well. Um T- but it Texas is not, Monthly certainly thinks so too. It's not like the local delicacy whether that's a hole in the wall or not. But um, but is is there is there nothing more Richmond than we're going to take we're going to take this like lens and specifically like when they take a camera at a at a show and they have the little uh thing that's supposed to have like a jeweled effect on it so it refracts all the light. Is there nothing more Richmond than doing that to like a very traditional foundational food stuff or whatever for america you know america it's like oh well we've done it the richmond way that that really like bingo beer which is also excellent is is a very lager heavy place they've got some you know i think some some german flourishes with the names and everything else but it's like we've done it the richmond way and i think that that is in following zzq is is very much in the local tradition there for richmond Interesting. I feel like I've lived here for three years and haven't quite figured out what the Richmond way means. Um, it's it's such a it's such a hip city. I forget that, and then yeah. I go and I'm like, wow, this is I I. It's not that I feel cool in Atlanta, but I really do not feel cool here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I think I can get my head around that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Is he, ZZQ does feel like a, a a a really interesting experience here because it is trying to transport you to Central Texas, um, but it's I don't know. I mean, I think it is very reminiscent in terms of like the experience of going there to a lot of the kind of hyped Texas, like the Austin places, where you wait in line to sort of go through a counter service kind of model and the lines get pretty damn long um, because it's just sort of universally recognized as like a place that you can get really good food. And this is like, you know, it's part of a, a new school kind of barbecue tradition that like is really tied in with Aaron Franklin in Austin, um, Max, you and you described it before as, you know, trying to like perfect the food at all cost, which like I, I think that makes a ton of sense. I mean, you know, the Texas Monthly, uh, <clears throat> which is like a revered magazine in Texas, uh, did a recap of like the best places to get Texas style barbecue outside of the state. And ZZQ was on their list. And uh, they, they sort of recounted the story of uh, the two, the two owners and founders who are, are now married. Um, the, the, the spark of the idea, the food was so good that it cured, you know, cured one of the, the <laughs> owners of her vegetarianism <laughs> Um, and, and that, that makes for what I think is a very different experience from something like dreamland because, you know, I, I always noticed 
and, and I used to like I, I am the the sort of the dreamland maven of of this group um because it started on the camp you know it started in Tuscaloosa so my mom who went to the University of Alabama was familiar with it from way back um and we stopped there a few times on family trips like to the Gulf Coast in like you know sort of Gulf Shores and Destin kind of area because you go through Mobile on I-10 going east from New Orleans and then when I started driving to and from Charlottesville for school I would time my trips in order to be able to go there um typically on my way up um <clears throat> but you know, one of the things that really always sort of stuck out to me when I would go there is that um, there was there were not long waits, but also it was just like the other patrons were sort of people going there on their lunch break from their job. Uh, and, and that is such a different experience from what ZZQ feels like every time I go there. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's I as we've been discussing this, I'm also thinking of of coffee and and kind of the the waves of coffee, you know, first wave, second wave, third wave. And and sometimes what it breaks down to, and I I think about it in terms of the barbecue as well, is there's the okay, you get the product, you're you're there for just the thing. And then there's, you know, Starbucks comes along and they're like, have you heard of espresso? Have you heard of a cappuccino? We brought this we brought this technique over from Italy. Look at us perfecting it. And then it, you know, it it goes into, okay, but what if you make the pieces parts, the the materials that go into that product better? And I think there are a couple there are some different waves that are weaving through here cuz I think that what I really enjoy about um uh dreamland is it's 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 closer to that first wave it's like here's here's the product you're just getting barbecue in a in a cozy in atmosphere it happens to be really good but it's like we're getting it to you like that is the point it's it's to get you to your coffee it's to get you to your burger or whatever it is um but then i think and i can't speak to franklin but with zzq it's like well maybe you care a little bit more about how it's how it's being presented maybe you want the option of getting weird sausages like me um which are phenomenal and it's like it's a little bit different they've prepared it a little bit differently it's not just getting that to you and hey line up and get excited about this big menu we have as opposed to as you were talking about max there's not that much on the menu at dreamland like we're not trying to wow you with the products we're we're selling in that way yeah. I mean, you made a point earlier about um like the accessibility of the food. Mm-hmm. And that's really that's really stuck with me, especially if you think about Franklin even more so than ZZQ, I think, because the thing about Franklin is that you have to get in line between 7 and maybe 9 a.m. And then you wait about 4 hours for in my experience on a Saturday. Um and then you finally get there and it's it's expensive. And it's, it's a site, you know, it's not people going regularly. Um, it's not nearly that accessible. And to quote my favorite Yelp review on, um, Franklin's, it's a lot of meat for breakfast, um, (laughs) which stuck with me because if you think about it from an accessibility perspective, like 
that's not my preferred time to eat that much brisket. That's just when you have to go if you want to eat it. So right there, again, when I say they put the food above everything else, it's like, you have to go on their schedule to get this food. It's not, to your point, like, Dreamland is just like, yeah, come and get ribs. The Dreamland in Tuscaloosa was open until 9, 9 p.m. So that, that's they exactly... They didn't run out of ribs when I showed up. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like, exactly what I was going to say is, in, in kind of going back to the waves example, Franklin and is not dinner and that's totally fine it's a it's a holy it's a it's a very different experience yeah yeah it's not it's not there to be your dinner zzq might sell out it's not there to be dinner and they're not open they're only open until like five and and most barbecue places truth be told our best is lunch places for a lot of reasons it takes a long time to make that they're not it's not made to order stuff there's a few you shouldn't be eating like that so close to bedtime yeah (laughs) yeah that too (laughs) um but but that's that's totally fine but i think it it is helpful to me as we're going over this too just as different places have different delicacies be it beef or pork or or chicken or whatever there are different reasons that you go to that place. Max, you said that locals are not necessarily going to Franklin all the time and for for good reasons, but you might go to lunch once a week at at Dreamland because it's convenient and they have good stuff and maybe you want to have it more, but it's probably not good for you and um in in that quantity. And and so I think that that's part of it. They they serve different purposes. They have different archetypes that they're filling. And the obvious one on accessibility, which granted, I understand that brisket is expensive, but Dreamland is significantly more affordable. Yeah. And again, I think part of that is ribs are cheaper than than brisket. Yeah. Pork is um, cheap meat. Yeah. But the ribs at the, but the ribs at, I got ribs at, um, I got pork ribs and beef ribs at Dreamland. I mean, sorry, at, uh, at Aaron Franklin's and Mm -hmm. they're way more expensive than Dreamland. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and not nearly as good. And I don't. I mean, I know that that is not a franchise. Whereas Dreamland is a franchise. I don't know their specific, their particular setup, but like sure. volume of product does matter. They are not trying to perfect an art. They don't. They don't want to sell out every day. They want to. They want to serve exactly as many people as come in, and they probably don't want to have any waste beyond that. So it's a, it's a different thing. It's it's diner coffee. They're going to make as much as they need, and they're going to get it out to people. It happens to be really good, but that is a that just so happens. Like they've they've perfected it in their own way, you know. And some of that is also that Dreamland is in you know Tuscaloosa and Mobile and Birmingham and not Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. a rapidly growing and rapidly gentrifying metropolis you know yeah. like that's a big part of that too um they're in places that don't lend themselves to that sort of like make a pilgrimage here for this style of restauranting mm-hmm. but it is also important to note that when people think of barbecue i think like um people hear about these pilgrimages and they think like oh my god like franklin barbecue that you have to go to the pilgrimage for that i i would remind our listeners that aaron franklin is in terms of the barbecue scene and in life relatively if not very young and mm-hmm. his restaurant is very new yeah i think i think it opened in 2008 or 11 i mean it is it is certainly under 15 years old yeah. um and maybe even newer 
Yeah. And so it's not like it's this Austin staple that's been around forever. And I think right. there's something about that too, where when you go to a place that's been around forever, you don't need the food to be perfect. There's the experience of, 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 wow, I'm, I'm, I'm living in this, in this place that's been around. And, and Franklin is not that. And I, I think people are maybe, I don't think everyone fully understands that <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. Well, there's, there's also something to be said that I think historically and traditionally barbecue so restaurants that stick around and whatever there are waitresses you always go to and there's a rapport you have and you sit down and you spend time there with family that's not usually what a barbecue place represents so to have a barbecue place last 15 years is honestly kind of impressive uh but 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 maybe not like it's not i think of that as being exactly what like a a normal barbecue place represents is that long-standing culture oh Sorry, it, it can, but like, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily associate those as like, <laughs> I mean, you can sit down in a lot of them, but it's not necessarily a table mm. service restaurant. And I think that there are different relationships that are built up there. So I think that's an important, you know, rejoinder on it that, hey, this isn't very old. It has time to to grow and, and everything. But I think the calculus with which we, yeah. um, the, the calculus for that is different than even we do like a diner, which is also like typically accessible food that everybody can get. And, and I do want to remark on that because you're talking about like kind of the service as a whole. And I think it's easy to think of Franklin as this kind of hoity-toity place in a way. Um, I'd like to give a, a shout out to the people who work there. They are exceptional. Um, mm-hmm. It is incredibly welcoming um to a point you wouldn't expect they they come around the line regularly um make sure you know if you need to use the bathroom you can use it you can get drinks they'll chat with you um the people that work there are so nice and it's it's so not like a i don't know how to come like a you know it's not snooty in the slightest when it comes down to the people that actually work there so I, i i give a shout out to them like they know that you've come a long way and you're waiting in a long line and they make it like they also know it's a, it's a, it's an it's an environment and it's fun to kind of basically tailgate for the food with other people that want it. Um but they're doing everything possible to make it really comfortable. They have chairs for you to wait in. I mean, it's um just a shout out to the people that work there. They're very they're very accommodating and very very sweet and very helpful. Where they don't have to be, kind of. It feels mm-hmm. like they it feels like they don't have to be and they are choosing to be because <laughs> they know that you're going to go anyway for that food. I'm I'm sure they've dealt with some very angry people, so it's it's better to be accommodating than uh you know not say anything at all even. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think with all of that, it's it's like whatever these places are presenting to you, um, you know, trust them. I, I know when I went to ZZQ, it's like, hey, our special today are these sausages. Okay, I trust you. Like, I, I if you're putting that out there. And there's good word of mouth. I trust you. If if the way to do it, as you say, Max, is like you get in line, you tailgate with folks. It's like I'm going to trust this experience. You know, it's an it's an elevated version of what I've had before. Tr- trust them. Like, and I think that can be hard. You you might go to a place and you're like, well, I've only ever had it this way. That must be the right way. And you know, if you're trying to have the local thing, I think it's important to. Give, just yeah. like a good book, you have to let the author tell you the story or you're being yeah. a jerk. And I think the hardest part is that at Aaron Franklin's brisket does not need barbecue sauce, nor do they necessarily recommend it. 
And yet they make some incredible barbecue sauces, <laughs> including an espresso, an espresso infused one. Ooh. So you're trying all these sauces, but then you're like, well, I don't want to ruin the brisket. Well, that's you, <laughs> why are you making all these sauces? Well, that's at, why at, they've got the the ribs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, at Dreamland, you just dip dip bread in it, which is apparently ma- Dreamland. They give you a bowl of sauce. Yeah, and a yeah. loaf of bread. white bread. Yeah, Max- I, I didn't get any. Well, we didn't get any. They must have wanted you out of there. I don't know what it was, but yeah, when I went there, sat at the bar. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. When I, yeah, when I went there for lunch, I'm like, "What do you do with this?" And and also, you can still get a, you can still get a beer at Dreamland in Tuscaloosa for sub three dollars. Oh fuck yeah, that rules. That's probably expensive in Tuscaloosa. (laughs) (laughs) It might be. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I mean, other shout just as you, I don't know, I, my, my, I don't want to say it's my reason for traveling, but one of my favorite things of traveling is trying different foods. Um, so just love to go and like you said, try the local fare and try it the way they encourage it. I'm sure Sean, you did some similar stuff. I mean, on your yeah, travels recently. I, I was, I was just in Paris for 10 days. I, I'm Paris, Texas. <laughs> yes. Uh, no <laughs> Paris, France. Uh, and had some pretty unbelievable food experiences, including one, um, one at this small restaurant that used to be sort of like a family-run place called Allard. Um, and it was it's one of the most incredible meals I've ever had in terms of the food, and also in the sense of <clears throat> everything about the production. It's this small place that feels like you're going back in time. It is very nice. Um, the service is like super duper professional and fine dining. The waiters are wearing shirts and ties, um, you know. But also, it's like wallpaper on the walls, and um, and some of the the decorations are kind of like newspaper cartoons not not exactly but kind of like newspaper cartoons and and also letters from um from people who have enjoyed their experiences there and just like it was this supreme experience and it's not the kind of place that people are like lined up for um you know it's probably because it's a place you had to get a reservation and pay a little large amount of money after you factor in the multiple bottles of wine at lunch. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I definitely got to kind of live the good life for the last two weeks and, and paying for it now with this head cold, but it was worth it. Um, all right. <coughs> On that note, uh, let's, Let's get our first Pierce's sorry of the new year. Um, this is just a clarification on a sorry, but as Sean noted, it was Lawrence v. Texas. I think I was thinking of Kansas just because Lawrence, Kansas is a place. Yes. But um, I, it was it was only in 2003, which is now 21 years ago, but uh, really just notable case to allow um, certain really, you know, horrible, horrible laws to get off the books. Ten. And it was... 
sort of a close decision as you would imagine and um yeah it's uh, i think it's important to like be aware of how precedents came to be in the u.s so worth looking up um but actually speaking of paris and some things we were discussing beforehand uh i had this memory which i am sorry about for my fellow museum goers and and honestly myself too um I remember going to Paris for the first time and went to uh, Musée d'Orsay and took endless photos and found myself not really appreciating um, some of the the art in the way that I should have. Because I was like, I need to capture this. But I've learned since then and I, I really noticed it immediately like upon upon leaving. I was like, that was that was not a good experience. And there's then it was it was a long time ago i almost felt this pressure to like oh i might share this with people if i take photos and the fact of it i, w- I wasn't going to i'm more likely to now but i think just like with the barbecue places that that max went and everything else max you were able to give us a really deep understanding of what it was like to be there and your experience there and i think i was remembering this experience i had and I remember taking too many photos. That's not the memory I want to have. I should have let myself be immersed in it. So um, just a really good reminder to like appreciate the, the time and the place and what the curator, the chef, the author, whatever is trying to show you and to get a sense of that. So I'm sorry that I didn't experience the museum as I should have. Yeah, I think it's important to just think about why you're taking the photos um, in sentence, in situations like that. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like to take one or two because I like to look back and remember, oh, I went to that place. Oh, I went to that place. Yeah. So, like, I'm not against photos in, in places in general. Like, at concerts, I'll take one. To be like, oh, I, yeah. I was... In, I, and that's for me. And that's why I take it. I take <laughs> it so when I look back at my all my photos, I can remember all the, the, the things I did. Um, yeah. But yeah, don't don't take well, and and there's a bit of everything. honesty too of like I will probably go back there, or I for, I'm very fortunate in that I have the option of going back there. I went on a trip recently where I may not get back there, and so I did take more photos. But yeah, the, yeah, you got to really you got to balance that as 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 you said. It's a balance. I'm yeah. just saying, don't don't say don't take no photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because otherwise you'll forget you went. I mean, exactly. Take also take photos of weird stuff. If you see if you see weird stuff, you should take pictures. The unexpected, <laughs> the so many of those. I remember there lots of Van Goghs, Van Gogh, uh, but I can see those online at any time. Seeing them in person is its own experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I mean, it would be very simple to say that the big idea from pop culture is go to Paris. If you can go to Paris, cause Paris is incredible. Um, and that's all. True. And if you can't afford to go to Tuscaloosa, no, instead, uh, what I will say is, um, Jason Kirk who is one of the hosts of the shutdown full cast, a very good college football podcast. Um, <clears throat> he wrote a novel and that novel is called hell is a world without you. 
Now, this novel was not supposed to come out until February, <laughs> um, but uh, a certain website decided that they had a pretty loose definition of, of what a pre-order meant, and they kind of just started shipping copies out in December. And so I took advantage and, and got a copy uh, that I read while I was on my trip. And it was just, it is astonishingly good. Uh, for, I mean, for that to be a, a debut novel is fucking incredible. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I hate to, I almost hate to describe it too much uh, for, for fear of, uh, you going in with any sort of preconceived notions or even any information about it. Cause I think it is really beneficial to go in with as little as possible. Uh, but it, it's basically, it's a story of uh, young people and, and, and one, one young person in particular growing up in an evangelical community in, in this case, Pennsylvania uh, and, and, the course of growing up and, you know, wrestling with your faith and, you know, whether an organized religion is the way to best express your faith. And, and just like, I, I laughed, I cried, I got curious, I cried, I felt angry, I cried, I laughed, I cried, um, it it was it was so good that like I, it's one of those books that like i really i want to reread it even though i am not typically a rereader and yet mm -hmm. like i don't know if i can because i'm not sure i'm ready to have my chest caved in like that again so i i cannot the 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 best the best thing I can say about it is I track my reading on Goodreads, uh, but I studiously, I, I use it only as a tracking device. I do not rate books. I have given mm -hmm. two books ratings. Um, one was Kelsey McKinney's book, God Spare the Girls. Uh, one was this book. They are both five stars. So, uh, yeah, Hell's World Without You by Jason Kirk cannot possibly recommend it more highly mm -hmm. see now you've made me want to read this book and i have to wait until it gets to my library presumably in you said february you uh, or my actually, local bookstore actually sean what's really important about pre-ordering the book that we should mention to those who are listening yes including Max? i am glad you said that um jason kirk is donating all 100 percent of uh pre-order revenue not profits revenue uh to the trevor project which is an organization uh protecting lgbtq youth yeah and hell is a world without you has donated its first thirty nine thousand dollars plus in proceeds to the trevor project fucking rules yeah that's awesome right. <clears throat> so yeah uh highly Highly recommend. Uh, get get a copy if you really want. I'll mail you mine. Um, 
but yeah, that it's it's really really good. Um, we don't have trivia today because uh, Ke- Kevin, our new trivia master for the year, uh, on account of him losing, uh, is is out. Max, did did Pierce win? Oh, I, I, you're putting me on the spot. I don't have the I don't have the records in front of me. How did you know make, Kevin make lost? Some, uh... Uh, I I think we we knew Kevin oh. Kevin lost. That's okay. Kevin lost. Uh, so I I'm scared to say live because I think I'm actually missing one score, and I have you within one point of each other. So oh shit! I might need to reassess. If anyone remembers the trivia in between October 24th and December 7th. If there was one. Oh God. I am missing records. I have no idea. I'm certainly not have... I'm certainly not going back and listening to all the pods again, but you can. <laughs> well, how many pods were there in that time period? Uh, <laughs> are, I think it's important. What I think the, it's important. What are the dates? I think we it's... did one on ten twenty four. Uh-huh. And then we did one on twelve seven. And I don't have anything in between. Those would be the recording days and not the recording. You said ten twenty four and twelve seven? Yeah, we must have recorded. There are between there. there are four podcasts in between there. Oh, but how many of them was I on doing trivia? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> point, point is, we we know. Point is, we know who will be the next trivia master. We know who lost, but I have <laughs> yeah. Sean at twenty four points and Pierce at twenty five points, and I uh, can't say if I'm missing a record. I don't know. <laughs> I think you were on two of them. All right. I've got my uh, work cut out for me. All right. Uh, Cool. Well, we said we were going to go short on this one. Uh, We cocked that up pretty good, didn't we? Uh, Yeah, we we talked good about barbecue and its (laughs) grander impact on the world, which is an important topic that everybody should get the, the exact right amount of. There you go. Uh, all right, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, I am coughing and sneezing a lot, so I'm not going to bother with the rest of the words. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.